G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, g'day, g'day. What a beautiful day it is. It's good to see you here today, Humpty. <laughs> well, it's a thunderstorm. It's rain. We're sitting in mud. <laughs> that was said with complete sarcasm. Lovely. I uh, don't know how we're going to go with the farm today. I'm a bit worried because it's just... You know, I, I coming here, it took me over an hour to get here, Hunty. You know, I was concerned that it was going to be the Aussie Pasta radio program without the Aussie Pasta. <laughs> it was looking like that, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> Things were looking pretty grim there for a... I said for, to our regular first guest, I said, mate, you could be coming in early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm here and uh, I just don't know where, how this rain's going to go. Is this gonna, rain going to keep going or do you think it might... <sighs> I don't know. The forecast is from now till the end of September... Someone said, bear in mind, we just had a flood that went 1.6 metres over our studio. Maybe our listeners are tired of me <laughs> tired of hearing about, about that. Yes, yeah, but yes. they're saying that there's a flood coming in September. I have no idea how they know this. There's going to be four metres over the studio where it once was. The studio's not there anymore. Wow. We had to pull the studio out. Um, in fact, hmm. it was demolished. Very sad, that. But, oh, you know what I say? I'm talking to the people out there where I live in that valley. I'm saying, look, they just don't know. Don't fear. Don't fear the future when you're not sure what the future is. Don't fear floods when the floods haven't come. If you're going to fear a flood, okay, be a little afraid when it's here. But don't fear it when it hasn't come. Gotcha. Know. Hey. It's yes. August 23. It is. 2022. Yes. It's the 235th day of the year. Yep. There are 130 days left. Wow. This year's flown, hasn't it? It's only about 20 or 19 or so more weeks till Christmas. Mm, not long. Not that I'm a big Christmas boy, to be <laughs> honest. It's okay, but I don't get off on Christmas like a lot of people do. No, no reason either, hunty. I don't know. I'm just not a... Real Christmas boy. I like it when the family gets together, that's for sure. Yeah, I like that. Unlike the holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Although often we're not on holiday. No, it's true. That's <laughs> true. We're not. Hey, what happened on this day in yes. history? Mount Vesuvius in <gasps> Italy began to erupt, and I've been there. So have you seen all those, uh, those people who are frozen in time? Yeah, very, yeah. very sobering, that. Mm. Um, so that began its eruption back in AD 79. Wow. In 1305, so this is a fair way down now, the track, William Wallace is executed for treason by the English king Longshanks. What did Wallace do? Edward I. You never heard of William Wallace? Nope. Wallace? Nope. Oh, hunty. <laughs> Braveheart. Oh, is he Braveheart? Yeah, that's William Wallace. I haven't seen the movie either. Yeah, okay. Well, that's why you don't know who he is. Cool. <laughs> uh, he was a, a Scottish patriot who actually paved the way for Robert the Bruce to come in as king of Scotland. But William Wallace was executed for his Scottish patriotism this day in 1305. 1617, here's one. I know you're not going to like this. Well, I didn't. Oh, here Maybe you, you will. First ever one-way street was opened in London in 1617. <laughs> I don't like one-way streets. I've been caught a few times going up one-way streets. You know what's worse? When you're in a country that drives on the other side of the road to yourself, then the one-way streets become very scary. 1839, British capture Hong Kong from China. I thought that was interesting. Wow. 1942, beginning of the Battle of Stalingrad. You know much about that? No. That is a big battle in World War Two. 
where the Nazis, Hitler's troops, the Germans surrounded Stalingrad, Russian city, and the Russians, it was uh, just an incredible struggle, but they held off. It's really the turning of the war for Hitler in Russia, and he was turned back from there, and from there onwards they went from defeat, the Germans went from defeat to defeat after defeat. 1948. Yep. World Council of Churches first forms. Nice. You ever heard of that? I have. 147 churches from 44 countries, established in 1948. And it began with 147 members, most of which were Protestant churches based in Europe and North America. Today, with its headquarters in Geneva, the organisation now has its more than doubled, 345 member churches representing representing an estimated 500 million Christians around the world. Nice. That's a World Council Church. Seventh-day Adventist church in the World Council of Churches? Dunno. I'd imagine so. No. No. No, they're not. Uh, and nor is the Catholic Why church. not? Why? Oh. Um, there, are, there are a few reasons why. The World Council of Churches can be fairly political. Okay. And Adventism takes a fairly yep, strong... non-political stance. Yeah, mm. a strong stand on keeping uh, politics or church and state far apart. Yep. Um, and there's also doctrinal reasons why the Adventist Church hasn't joined the World Council of Churches. We... What the World Council of Churches does is they they look to having a what we would call a minimal doctrinal entry for the churches so they can get so many churches in. Does that make sense? So okay. only minimal doctrines because uh, if they had too many, of course, you'd see a fracture because right. those 340, what is it, five churches are a long way apart yeah, in some areas. Yeah, and with Adventism, we don't work like that. We don't have a minimal doctrinal position. We just go by the Bible and the Bible alone. If the Bible says it, we believe it. We practice it and we teach it. If it doesn't, we don't. Yep. So because of those two reasons, the separation of church and state and, and the World Council of Churches can be very political. At okay. Um, very left to centre, actually, a lot of the time. Mm. Even a bit woke. Oh, am I allowed to say that word? Ooh. Yeah. Um. And so we stay away from that. Again, we st- stay away from the politics and for those doctrinal reasons. Um, 1954, I know you'll know this one, the first ever flight of a Hercules C-130. Oh, wow. And they're still flying. I've been in a Hercules. I've never been in one. Where'd you go in one? I went from here across to Solomon Islands. Okay. Actually, well, not far from here, actually. <laughs> Which yeah, Air Force I, Base. I'm pretty sure the C-130s are still flying out of Richmond. I saw them the other day, I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't quote me on that, but I think they are. They've been around since 1954. Wow. They're older than you and me. Pro- Jet-powered propellers. They're propellers. Powered by, powered by yeah. jets. Are they? Mm. I didn't know that. Mm. So they're jet propellers. What do you call that? I don't know. Doesn't I don't know. Uh, all, all I know is they have a really cool feature on board called a JTO. And when they're stuck fully loaded on a small runway, they strap these, they're called JATOs to the wings. They're, they're solid fuel rockets. Okay. And when the pilot wants to take off on a short runway fully loaded, he pushes a button and those things launch it up. That'd be pretty cool. Very cool. One of my mates, um, I did Bible studies with a guy who becomes a Christian who was in the Air Force out here at Richmond and used to, um, he was a wing commander and he used to fly these C-130s. Yep. He loved them, but he said they're pretty rough. Yes. It's not like sitting in a modern day. Oh, it's rough. They're noisy, rough, windy, yeah. cold. <laughs> <laughs> two more 1978, Kobe Bryant's birthday, and in 2011, Gaddafi was overthrown in Libya. So it was a big day in history, this one. A lot of pretty big things happened. Anyway, welcome to the program. 
Uh, we're going to have a great day. We've got some special guests. We've got two of them coming in today, Huff. Two great guests. Us. Yeah, we've, yeah. Uh, coming up first, we've got Dr. Eddie Ramirez. This guy is absolutely amazing. Have you, when have, you comes, got him, have you got him online yet? Or is he, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> I, I did a test with him before we went live. And all was well, but that was some hours ago. Okay. <laughs> and our second guest? Our second guest is uh, Simon Gigliotti. Yeah, he's coming in. He's he our, is. He's our resident youth specialist. specialist, yes. He's going to talk to us about youth depression, which is a big deal in the world today. Well, we're glad you're here, listeners. I hope you enjoy your time with us. Hunty, uh, could you say a prayer for us? Sure. Definitely, Father. Lord, we come humbly before you this afternoon and we ask for your blessings, but especially for our listeners, Lord. I pray that you'll grant them all peace and love them all, Lord, and bless them all. And we want this program, Lord, to be to your honour and glory. So I pray for my mate, Pastor Lloyd, as he presents your Holy Scripture. And for all the listeners, Lord, please bless them, I pray in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I've got to say that I hope above all else that our listeners see how beautiful Jesus is. That's right. The next couple of hours with the Aussie Pastor. Yes. And Hunty. Yes. Um, this first song, I've got a few songs I repeat here and there. <laughs> now, this is one of them. It's from Crowder. Yep. And it's a really, really nice song. I, I didn't know this song before I found it online. Uh, looking for songs for this program. It's called All My Hope Is In Jesus. And the reason I choose this song is simply because that's where I'm at. All my hope is in Jesus. i got no other hope.
The more you go through life and the older you get, especially if you've come to a place in your life where you recognise how important Jesus is and how much you need him, that song encapsulates your experience. All my hope is in Jesus. I had a lot of friends and people I know and just others I watch died lately, hunty. Yeah. And it's, I don't know how people go to their graves without Jesus. I, I, I could not do Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm not a courageous man, but I couldn't do it. And people say, oh, well, Jesus is a crutch to you. Yeah, he is. Um, and I'll, I'll make no apologies about that. He is a crutch. He's my saviour. He's my friend, and he's a huge crutch. He he lifts me up and carries me through life when things get tough. Hey, we were just talking um, during that song, Hunty. Yes. You were telling me about these Darwin Awards, which are oh, they're, they're awards yes. that people get. For the most they're, stupid they're, way to go yes. die. They're actually pretty callous, actually. They're actually, um, it's actually the terminology that the Darwin Awards use is you benefit the human race by removing your DNA from the gene pool. Which is not so, true. So which, which stupid, by the way, so it's stupid it's, ways it's, to die. It's not, it's not true. Um, as I said, it's a bit callous. Yes. Um, and I don't really go by it. But there was a story that came out about a guy who died using those... J- the J-Toes. Yeah. Yes, that's a great story. So a guy got a big old 70s, maybe even late 60s Chev, and he strapped one of these Mac massive solid rocket fuel launches that they push these very heavy Hercules planes down the runway with. He strapped one to the roof of his Chev. This is this is the the theory. And he put his foot on the, on the accelerator as fast as he could go, and he wanted to see how fast he could get his Chevy to go. Well... According to the forensic examiners, they found his car halfway up a mountain stuck in the side of it, like a Bugs Bunny Wiley Coyote cartoon. But, but there is a twist to the story. There is a twist. The Mythbusters, my favourite show on TV, they decided to replicate the same thing. And so the first time they tried, they got now, these... Now, j Toe's a rocket. It's a solid so rocket this, fuel booster. Yeah, so basically this guy s- s- 
strapped um, a rocket, straps a rocket to, <laughs> to the, the roof of his car. To his car and it takes off. And, and he actually dies, which is pretty sad. That's but, the story. But the mm. twist is... Well, actually, the story ended up not being true. And Mythbusters tried twice to prove that it could be done. The first time, the car wouldn't even leave the ground. And the second time, they built a giant ramp. And even with the giant ramp built, it still went off the ramp and down into the ground. Yeah, yeah. Because so, you, you, even with a rocket, you've got you've got to have aerodynamics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the news. The news. Yes. What's happening today? Well, there's a lot of news around. A lot of news. Tried to go in a different direction with the news this week because we can always just go the old way of wars and rumours of wars and diseases and viruses. But what about this one? A French supermarket chain in France, of mm, course, mm, mm. and a petrol station train chain chain again in France are capping their prices because things are just so out of control. You know, I'm sceptical. Because yesterday, a couple of our big supermarket chains decided to freeze their prices till the end of the year. And so think, what you think they're doing is holding them high before they go low? I, I'm so sceptical. I just, I, I've run out of patience with... Big oil corporations and the people who supply fuel and energy in this country, and I've run out of patience with the supermarkets. Ah, uh, well, you know, those who follow Jesus yes. always have patience. Ah. <laughs> Slap bang. <laughs> no, not, not really. So I, I wonder you're, if this, you're using that. As, I wonder if this whole French thing is, is really them trying to look after their citizens, or are they just trying to hedge their profits? Oh, look, I don't know. What do you think? Um... Well, I know that right now inflation in Britain is running at over ten percent. Oh dear! And they're saying by the end of the year it could be up to twenty percent. That's yeah. depression. Well, it's not quite depression, but it's pretty heavy inflation. Oh dear! I don't know really what the what the line is for depression. Do you? No. Um, but if I, you, di- I did know, mm-hmm. if you two or three concurrent periods of inflation over seven percent, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just know things are are really expensive. You go and buy here in Australia. You go and buy now. I, you know how they ask politicians what things cost. Can't do that to me because you can ask me and I can tell you exactly. A kilogram of tomatoes is the best part of ten bucks. Three liters of milk can, can go up to fifteen. I don't drink milk. I be I drink so good. And so I can get good. so good. I can get soya milk anywhere from a dollar ten a liter, really cheap, up to four dollars fifty. Have it a nice loaf of whole grain, beautiful bread. Three dollars fifty to five dollars. So I pay, actually, five, I pay actually, five dollars. <laughs> actually, the really good bread for guys like me who are diabetic or pre-diabetic is six dollars a loaf. Yeah, I pay five for health. Isn't that funny? How we can? What, what about fuel? What are you paying a litre for fuel? Diesel, uh, anywhere diesel. from two to two twenty. Well, I can get diesel right now for dollar eighty eight in Riverston. God bless that Riverston. I actually drove that, to your service station on the day to save my twelve. Yeah, dollar eighty eight that mm. Riverston mm. petrol station and. Man, um, petrol at the moment, if you're buying the bottom one, what is it, uh, 89 or yeah, 90 or whatever it, it is, it, it, is, is down in the, uh, somewhere $1.58 or 9 at that guy's station. He's fantastic, that fella. I actually got to know him a little bit. That's oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me rewind back to this whole French thing. They're upset because it seems like the people who are making the most money in France are energy companies. Gas, Fuel and electricity. Well, they're the people making the most money Billions. anywhere in the world, not just really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But why they're do it? Why they're making that money? I think is is probably complex and a bit complicated. It's not simple. Uh, people will argue with me on that, but it isn't simple. They're, well, you've got trapped there customers. Are, there are massive supply chain issues mm. in the mm. world at the moment. You just see it with Qantas trying to get passengers on board planes. They sack them all, and now they're trying. They 
they sacked a lot of their workers or retrenched them, and now they don't have the people to get them on the planes. And I think that it runs through the fuel companies and all that too. They just don't have, at the moment, the people working for them to get this stuff around. Right. And so with, when that happens, you get a bottleneck, and it, it, it causes prices to inflate. Everywhere. And then you look at food. Mm. You've got droughts. I mean, do you, have, you, have you looked? Have you stopped and looked at what's going on in Europe and yeah, America they, at the moment? They've got drought and flood. You know the River Rhine and heat and you fire. Know the River Rhine yes. is so dry they can't get their barges down it. That's right. The, the 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 river in London. What's that called? The Thames. Thames. Did you know it's dried up? No. Yep. The Yangtze River from the three gorge yep. the three, yep. three gorges, gorges dam in China. Yep. That has dried up, man. You, you're talking about massive water shortages. And when, of course, you have water shortages, we're not talking just drinking. We're talking about rain for crops. And you've got crop failures all around the world. Mm. And so this just drives prices up yep. through the roof. Yep. And so the, that's why I'm saying it's a bit more complicated than all just uh, oil companies being greedy. I think there's gotcha. – you're looking at almost a perfect storm out there. So, okay, I'll take, I'll take the positive here. I'll say, uh, thank you to the French supermarkets and petrol stations. I'll join you. For, no, you, I, I thought you were going to stay on the other side. <laughs> I, was, I was enjoying that. <laughs> no, I'm skeptical because I. You're allowed to be too. Yeah. And, and with good reason, hunty. But with I say, God, if it's genuine, I say, God bless them. What about this kind of a good news story in the news story? But I thought I'd put it here. The Overland Telegraph is 150 years old. It is. Yeah. Did you know that in Australia, what happened was, to get news back in the 1800s, mm. you'd have to wait months. So mm. if the king died in yep. England, yep. we wouldn't even know for two months. Letter because, on a boat. Yeah. Mm. But they got a telegraph across Europe, then across Asia, yep. and eventually it comes to Australia. And what they did, they actually went out there in the desert where you and I have been. Yes. I can say that now. I've been to the outback. Just a couple of weeks ago. Loved it. I'm going to West Australia again next year and the year after, and I'm thinking very seriously of driving both times. That's how much I enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, I liked it a lot. But they went out there before cars, before anything. Yep. These bushmen, mate, and they were bushies, you know, tough as nails. On their Australian stock horses, let me cop. Do you know the the name of the guy who pioneered this? He's a very, it's a very famous explorer whose name is on the road we were driving across mm. just a couple of weeks ago. Help Air. Me. Mm. Air. He's a guy that stuck in 36,000 telegraph poles and ran a cable from... Did he do it by himself or did he have workers? A team yep. from Darwin to Adelaide, 3,200 kilometres. Yeah, Darwin had the telegraph a fair while before um, the rest of Australia. So it was, it, it was quite an amazing story that. And, and what I liked about it was in Australia right now, yep. apparently the ability to do Morse code is almost dead. Really? But the US Armed Forces still train people to do it. Well, you know, if you want to be an amateur or a ham radio operator in this country, you still are required to pass Morse code. Hey, I just noticed our, our first guest has arrived. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and this, this one, orcas attacking boats off the coast of France. What is going on? So what happens is these guys are in their boats and they're getting attacked by these killer whales. What do you think about that? Do you think that's nature going crazy? I have no idea. Because I looked this up and yep. I found a pretty good good reason why this is happening. <laughs> I reckon these killer whales that are attacking these yep. boats, they've sunk two or three of them yep. and badly damaged a whole host of them out there. Yep. And you don't want to get... I mean, remember when we went out um, from Foster with uh, on the boat with the whale? Hey, that's a TV show we haven't got up yet. We yep. need to get that The whale-watching program. Yeah. We haven't got that out yet, have we? No, we didn't finish it. Yeah, we need to finish we it. We should. 
Anyway, remember we went out and we saw those huge whales, mate. You do not want a whale, whether it's an orca or a, a big whale, anywhere coming n- up underneath your boat. Yeah, <laughs> and these things are sinking. But you know, you know, you know what they reckon it is. I do. What? The, these are just um, young hooligans. They are. They're just having a bit of fun, like you. <laughs> <laughs> teenage whales. They're just out. teenage whales tearing up the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this last good news story, Hunty. Yep. A uh, man and a dog rescued after six days in the desert over there and yeah. uh, the, on the west how coast of the US. Hey, how easy is it to get lost though? Oh well, Death Valley. Any any of those places out in Nevada desert? Well, here in Australia, it is, mate, all I, looks the same. I got lost twice going to Perth, and people will laugh at that, but it's so easy to do. Yes. And once I was on an outback road that turned dirt, yep. and I'd done thirty k's dirt, and I looked across at my cousin because you weren't there. I said, "Mate, I don't like this," and I turned yep. around and went yep. back. Good. Found out later that you could go through that way, but it was about three hundred k's of dirt with one tank of petrol, one tank of gas. You can make a mistake. That you can't come back. From. Well, this guy goes out and breaks his car, breaks, ah. breaks his, breaks some, um, um, right, uh, underneath some springs, some suspension, and so he begins to walk to get back out to the road where he's supposed to be with his dog. Man, he spends six days trying to get out of there. Luckily, there had been some rain. He comes across some puddles and was able to keep just enough water, but he's on the verge of dying. Yeah, when this guy out there. Looking for some four-wheel drive tracks like you do, Hunt. He found him and his dog yep. and saved his life. It's a good story, but, it man, story. it just reminded me again of how when you go out into the desert, and there's plenty of it in Australia, you need to be careful. Yep. So here we go. That's the news today yep. uh, on the Aussie Pastor. Um, I guess when you see food shortages, when you see the explosion of technology, because that's what the Overland Telegraph was the beginning of, wasn't yep, it? for sure. Oh, when you see nature going crazy, look up, look to the east, look up, look up, because Jesus is coming. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This is a song we sing at church all the time. What do they call music, hunty, when it's yes. not packed by big orchestras and bands and all that? What's that called? Uh, when there's no band at all, it's a cappella. No, 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 no. Just there's a word. Uh, unplugged. Is it unplugged? Unplugged is when you don't have anything more than acoustic instruments. Uh, there was another name they were using for this song. So he's not yeah. backed by a great big band, but it's a beautiful song. Shout to the Lord. I remember when we first started singing this song back in the 90s in New Zealand. Yeah, me too. It's a beautiful song. It is. And we still sing it at New Hope. We sing it a whole lot faster than we're going to play it to you next. And you know, I did some research because when I was testing the songs earlier, I thought, well, that's slow. So I went back to the original version by Darlene Check and Jeff Bullock. Slow. And I played the original. Yeah. And what we're playing here today is the exact same speed. You know Jeff Bullock, don't you? I do. I've met him too. Lovely man. Yeah, good bloke. We should try and Talented get him on. Here. Yeah, very good. Very, yeah. Wrote some of the best songs in Christianity. I hope you enjoy this. Shout to the Lord. <laughs> i 
That's weird. That just died on me. <laughs> the truth is we both got caught there. <laughs> Bad. We were talking. <laughs> Live radio. You've got to be on the ball thought, all the time. I thought something died. I was just no, connections. No, it was us. <laughs> um, I want to welcome Dr. Eddie Ramirez. Are you there, doctor? Hi. Uh, good afternoon to all the audience uh, in Australia. Now, you're, you are in Australia at the moment. You, you come from the United States of America, but you're in Australia. You're a doctor. You're a health specialist. And you're touring here? I, I didn't know you were here. That's right. Yeah, so uh, finally they opened Australia. I never stopped during the, uh, the the course of the pandemic. I continued traveling around the world, and, and they finally opened Australia last month. So I'm here doing a, a series of seminars in the Dundas area here in Sydney. Okay, so if anyone was in Sydney and they wanted to go to those seminars, can they, or are they booked out, or how does that work? No, there's this possibility to participate. Uh, we are in 40... Kissing Point Road in in Oatland, and the seminar starts every night at seven p.m. That's so. forty Kissing Point Road, Oatlands. It's Dundas. It's a very nice, brand new, refurbed building, first class. And the program starts seven o'clock every night. Seven o'clock is from seven to nine. We're doing uh, two seminars per night. Well, so. Ha- Okay. We still have a few spaces uh, available. Do they just turn up? Yeah, they can just come in. No, um, no problem whatsoever. We even have refreshments and so forth. In fact, uh, my newest book, Pandemic Busters, we're actually giving that book away for anybody that comes uh, more than twice to the seminar. I wouldn't. Lo- I wouldn't mind seeing that book myself. I want to ask you a question without notice. <laughs> Here we go. That? Here he goes. Go he's, he's off already. You're a doctor. You're a doctor. You're a health specialist. I just went on the road from Perth to from Sydney to Perth, uh, Sydney to Bunbury, which is south of Perth and back. We did the best part of twelve thousand k's. Okay, now I discovered, I'm going to have to explain this this stuff. Can you see that? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what it is, because you'll be thinking it's something that it isn't. Decaf, no sugar, Coca-Cola. Hang on a minute. Are you oh. saying there's no caffeine in there? No caffeine. So, uh, oh, oh, I'm losing. Oops. Before Hunty. So what I want to know is this. It's 1.2 calories. That's right. Is it good or bad for me? Or can I drink it? Is it neutral? That's right. Um, I would rather you drink water. (laughs) And the reason being is that that is classified as an ultra-processed food. 
So we want to decrease as much as possible those ultra-processed foods. This is not sounding good, Hunty. Oh, dear. (laughs) Interesting study that just came out two weeks ago, how we increase our risk of uh, early death but by partaking of too many of those ultra-processed foods. So as much as we can cut them down, once in a while, something like that, I'm, I'm okay with that. But as a regular basis type of uh, uh, drink, I, I would be worried so about it. So you wouldn't want to be drinking it every day? Yeah. And right. also another thing is that it's a very acid food. Yeah. So it actually literally takes some of your calcium out of your bones in order to compensate for that. You keep doing that every day, that calcium end up in your kidneys, you're going to end up with some kidney stones or some other so, related problem. So just because it doesn't have caffeine or sugar doesn't mean, doesn't give me a free pass. You got it. You got it. That's bad news, hunty. <laughs> yeah, I buy it. Uh, that's very bad news. Bad news. <laughs> I, I suppose I was celebrating the 1.2 calorie thing, you know. <laughs> hey, tell us about long COVID. Is there such a thing? Is it real? Is it having an impact on people's lives or not really real? And I'm asking you this because I know you've done some work in this area. Yeah, yeah there's no question about it that there's some people that are suffering from long COVID. You know, usually the process of the disease in a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, you should be up and running. But there is a subgroup of the population that the two, three weeks come about and they still feel horrible. They don't feel that they are the same before the disease. That was happening to you, Hunty? Yes, and I was embarrassed because I watched an Olympic um, for the last Commonwealth Games. I watched someone who arrived at the Games with COVID, got over it, and ran and took a gold medal after the after having COVID. Sick. And I'm still, my brain's still foggy. I still can't add up 10 plus 10. Go <laughs> on, sorry. So, so we're still trying to understand what's happening in one theory that has been proposed is that the person has still some of the virus in their system. Uh So the body has not been able to get rid completely of the virus, and that remnant of virus in the system is what may be causing that long COVID symptoms. Is that why people are still coughing months after COVID? They still have heart. Um, I heard of one guy who had constant heart pain. He went into the hospital, he went to the doctor, he was tested, he was checked. His heart was pretty much okay, but he still had pain right through his that chest area. Um, is, is that is that long COVID or, or and Hunty who reckons he's forgetting everything? I reckon he's always been like that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, for, I'm not. He's not actually. He's very he's very good at not forgetting anything. Um, <laughs> are they the sort of things that long COVID, you know, shows itself through? Yes, absolutely. Those are potential things that you can see with somebody with long COVID, and also again has to do with where that remnant of the virus is. Some oh, okay. people, maybe the heart area and so forth. Some people, very commonly, the lungs. Um, this tiredness just doesn't go away. doesn't matter what you do and so forth. Yeah, that's a classic symptoms of this lung COVID. Just with COVID itself, I remember I've, I've probably had COVID twice, I think. I know I've, defi- I've definitely had it once. We think we might have got it. 
early on, but we've d- I've definitely had it once, probably twice. Um, I woke up with COVID, uh, went for 10 days, I think I'm a, or seven days. On the last day, the seventh day, I woke up and my lungs sounded like a piano accordion. Is that the yeah. normal sort of thing people can expect with short COVID? That sort yeah. of... What happened is that this virus likes to connect with something that are called the ACE receptors. And these receptors, we have a bunch of those in our lungs. You know, where a virus connects usually is where the symptomatology is. The normal, you know, uh, type of cold that many of us experience, you know, in the, in, in the cold times and so forth. Yep usually attaches to things that are high in our head. Yeah. So that's why the nose, yeah. the scratchy nose, yeah. and, 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 and your throat, you know, it's this tickling and irritation because that's where the virus has been attached. But with COVID-19, this virus likes to go a little bit deeper because we have many more of those receptors at the level of our lungs. And that's why the possibility that this is complicating into a pneumonia and so forth, secondary, that it interrupts the f- normal function of how the lungs should function. Okay, I, look, I, I, I want to get on to pandemics in a second because I want to ask you generally the Bible's view of pandemics and a few things there. But um, with COVID-19, if you've had COVID-19, what's the best way, even if you've got long COVID, is there a consistent road out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's exactly what my book is about. What is your book called, by the way? It's called Pandemic Busters. Can you get it on Amazon? You can get it on Amazon as Kindle, physical version, and even Audible. If you want to listen to the book, you can actually listen to the book. So, Doc, what what pen name are you under? Eddie Ramirez, E-D-D-I-E. Yep. Eddie Ramirez, Pandemic Busters, you should be able to find it there. Uh, has very nice reputation, you know, has five stars. And uh, people from all over the world enjoy that. With the blessing of Amazon, they literally print the book here in Australia and send it to you. Actually, wow. Hunty, I, I think you. we might give that book away. Let's. As a, as a, as a prize yes. later on. So later on in the listening. program, yes. I don't know where we're going to get it from. We'll find one. We'll find one. We'll get it from Amazon. <laughs> That's what we'll get. Get from Amazon. They'll print it for you and send it to you. Okay. That's right. Right. So just hold that. Remind me, Hunty. Yeah, we'll get a question or something for one of it for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Hey, um, so the way out, just quickly, because I want to get on to further pandemics. I know we're restricted with time. Um, h- how to get out of it? What, exercise, food? What, what, what's the way out? Quickly, yeah, you know, the short way what out. We call the, the, the new start approach. Yep. You know, watch out what you're eating, you know, especially refined food, sugary food. That's the last thing you want to eat. Exercise as tolerated. You know, you need to start a little bit at, yep. at a time. Yep. Uh, plenty of hydrotherapy treatments. In fact, let me share with you an interesting statistic. In Finland, where everybody has a sauna bath in their home, is something very, very cultural in Finland. Um, the mortality of COVID-19 in Finland was the following. Three quarters of the people that died of COVID-19 
were foreigners living in Finland. See, they don't have the sauna culture that the Finnish people have. Okay. So if you have access to that... So jump in the sauna, it's good for you, huh? Wow. Yep, it's fantastic. Anything that increases your body temperature increases something that are called the interference. Okay. And interference interfere with the virus. Is that why when I was sick with COVID, it always felt good to have a really hot shower? You got it. Exactly. Wow. That's your body's calling for that. Okay. Hey, I just want to ask you this real quick. Three meals a day. If you were eating well, just quickly, what would you have for breakfast? Oh, yeah. Uh, The breakfast is to be the biggest food of the day. So I like to eat legumes personally, but here they don't do those things. So nice big plate of oatmeal or some sort of porridge is a great way to start your day. Do you know what steel-cut oats are? Yep. Are they good? Steel-cut, yep. Um, Are they good if you've got diabetes? They are excellent if you have diabetes. That's because they're low low, low GI. High fiber. That's right. Low glycemic index. I still like the idea of legumes too. You're talking about beans and stuff like that. Yep. Do you Um, do you use fresh beans, fresh beans, dried beans, or canned beans? A combination of, of many of them. You know, you're in a hurry. You don't have time to be cooking, you know, the beans yeah. overnight or whatever. Just open the can and they're... Because they're pretty good, those other. canned beans, aren't they? I'm talking about yeah. the, the genuine legumes. Uh, um, I don't know, what, what the red beans, the kidney beans. Uh, yeah. uh, the chickpeas. Chick, the chickpeas. Uh, I, I love to make hummus out of... I make my own homemade hummus out of chickpeas. Great. Okay, so that's <laughs> breakfast, lunch. Yeah, and then um, your lunch, uh, you know, you want to have an, a nice big salad... If you have a nice big salad, it'll fill up a lot of your stomach and you're less likely to overeat. What, what would you put in that salad? Uh, you want to have a nice variety of green things. Yep. Not only the lettuce, you know, but there's many other things that you can add there to give nice color. Color, For example, uh, dried tomatoes. It's something yep. that, that, that gives them a very nice hint. Some lemon, some olives. Um, some broccoli, some carrots, you know, think of variety, you know. Well, what about this idea that I've gotten onto? And again, it could be a, a bad idea like my Coke idea too. <laughs> I like to squeeze lemons, just straight fresh lemons off my tree, Hunty. I've yep. got a great, I've got a great, I've got two, three really good lemon trees. You do. I reckon they make some of the best lemons I've ever tasted. So I squeeze the lemons and then I put a couple of tablespoons of olive oil and just a pinch of salt. I bet you hate that. And I just mix it in. Is that, is that a good, that, that's because no. I struggle to get any flavor, Hunty, out of those salads. There's very little flavor in them. But no, as soon no, no, as I do I, that, I'm not delicious. anti-salt. I'm not anti-salt. Okay. Okay. Actually, salt okay. is great. Okay. Our food needs to have flavor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is that all right? That, 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 um, salad dressing I've made? Just, so it's just simple. Lemon. A little bit of salt and olive oil. Yep, that's and that's it's cold, great. cold pressed olive oil. Yep, cool. That's a, that's a great that's a great uh, uh, salad dressing. And then dinner tea. Yeah, you want to have a supper like a popper, which means this needs to be the, your smallest meal of the day. So ideally, you know, a, a water based type of soup. <laughs> uh, some fruit, uh, s- s- some toast, uh, s- something simple. You if know, if, you, if you're eating bread, and I notice you don't like processed food, what you reckon, sourdough or what sort of bread? No, no, no. 
No, bread, bread is bread is good. Oh, know, okay, just good, make good. sure that it's good quality, you know, whole wheat bread. That's what you want to. So you don't have to. Have. You don't have to get the expensive six dollar loaf sourdough or anything like that. No, you don't necessarily need to do that. You know. Okay. Bread. Oh. The problem is not bread, but what we put on the bread. You know, many times that's where the problem comes. Uh, yeah. Butter. <laughs> is butter a no-no? Butter, margarine, all no-nos? Saturated fat increases the risk of heart disease. Oh, Today they have excellent butter substitutes that you can find in your market. Just go and look for them. What about things like, uh, so, so butter's out, margarine's out. What about things like Peanut butter, Marmite, Vegemite, yeah. those Peanut butter is good stuff. Marmite is good stuff. You, you, would, you wouldn't want to have. It. You wouldn't want to have too much <laughs> peanut butter, though, would you? Because it's fairly concentrated fat. Is that right? That's correct. It's a high calorie food. So oh. Just be temperate, you know, in your in, in your portion. How about eggs? There's, everyone's saying, "Oh, superfood eggs. Mm-hmm. Eat as many as you like." Okay, this is what what research is showing. If you want to reverse atherosclerosis, the blockage of your arteries, your goal should be to eat maximum five milligrams of cholesterol a day. How much is that? Yeah. Does one egg have? Yeah. Two hundred and fifty milligrams of cholesterol. No. Break my so heart. You better have a good life insurance policy. If you're gonna, oh, <laughs> I, I remember a guy when I, I was starting out in ministry used to brag to me that he'd have a dozen eggs for Sunday morning Ooh. breakfast. He died. He actually died of a heart attack. Um, yep. So. There's a research uh, that came out out of Harvard University, uh, and they correlated um, the closer closure of the arteries that smoking cause with eggs is linear. The more you smoke, the more you clog your arteries. The more eggs you eat, the more you clog your arteries. Oh, boy. Oh, it's, dear. It's always a wake-up call to talk to this fella, isn't it? I've been having an egg on toast for dinner. Yeah. It's one of my favorite go-tos, quickie, quickie snacks. Tell me about Oops. pandemics from the Bible. Does the Bible even, because it seems to me more and more and more, we seem to be facing pandemics in the in the world. I just think of the last few weeks we've got COVID nineteen. Have you heard of this tomato flu? Tomato, yep. Monkeypox. Um, of course, with monkeypox, I always thought one of the best ways not to get that is, and I don't want to be crude, but just don't sleep around. Mm. That that yep. will that'll certainly that'll help. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Everyone who's had that sleeps around, by the way, either, because I know it can spread. But basically, that's going to inhibit your chances of getting that awful virus. But does the Bible talk about pandemics or not really? Matthew 24, um, it's an interesting uh, panorama that Jesus gives us in which he is describing the things we're going to see as the world is getting right into his second coming, just before his second coming. And he mentions nation shall rise against nation in verse 7. Yeah. That's exactly what we're seeing. It's in the yeah, yeah. Ukraine to China and India, and you yeah, mentioned, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it says there that there's going to be famines. We're seeing that. Uh, you know, there's many places in this planet that sadly some people are going hungry to bed. It talks about earthquakes and let me just share with you this fascinating stat you know from 1900 to 1910 there were three earthquakes 6.0 and above that's yeah. a, you know the type that yeah, you, yeah. you actually felt the, the earthquake 
From 1990 to the year 2000, there were 943 earthquakes, 6.0 and above. Wow. We're talking about 314 times more common. Mm. And, and so you're talking, yeah, that was 20 years ago. That's right. Yeah. And and they've, got, they've got worse. That's right. They have gotten worse. See, these things are like a lady that is about to give birth. The contractions are more strong and yeah. more often. That's exactly what we're witnessing in front of us. These things have happened throughout the history of planet Earth, but the intensity and frequency that we're seeing this is unheard of. And finally, there on verse 7, it mentions pestilences. That's Jesus too. It's Jesus that does that, isn't it? He says there will be pestilences, viruses, pandemics right before the world ends. This is, uh, you know, if you have one of those Bibles that, that show the who says what, this is the Bible. In the Bible, you're going to find this in red color. These are words, yeah. you know, of Jesus. Jesus. Tell, us, That's right. tell us more about the concept of emerging infectious diseases, because yep. this, this is tightly tied to pandemics. Absolutely. You know, yep. this is something that scientists have been worrying for some years, and it's a group of diseases called the emerging infectious diseases. You basically can divide this into two groups. You have diseases that we thought we had them under control, and suddenly they're coming back again. One example of this would be uh, tuberculosis. Polio. We polio. found the medication uh, many years ago. We thought, yeah. okay, tuberculosis is going to go away. But no, we're having a, a resistance to the medication, and we're having a resurgence of, of, of many new cases. Is that why we, see, group, is that why we yeah. see polio and measles and some of these diseases coming back? Same concept? Those are potentially emerging infectious diseases. That's correct. Okay, second and then, and then the second part of diseases of this type would be new diseases. Diseases that nobody had ever heard of them, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, bang. An example of this is if we go back to 1981. 1981 is when Ronald Reagan was the president of America. In your head, you know, you were trying to see, you know, when when that happened. I think the three of us, isn't it, remember Ronald Reagan as as president. 1981, in the summer of 1981, the Public Health Organization of America, the CDC, puts out this report that there was a group of homosexual males in Los Angeles, very small group of them, that had a strange type of pneumonia, the type of pneumonia that you don't see often in the clinical practice. Did you know that this is the very first time that in a scientific document, it was documented what today became the curse of AIDS? Before 1981, nobody had AIDS. This was a non-existent disease. Mm -hmm. And today, 36 million people have died as a result of AIDS. It's more than the population of Australia. Mm -hmm. More than the population of Australia. Oh, wow. 36 million. So sexual, you know, promiscuity, 
IV drug use has fueled this thing to all over the place. But where did it come from? You know, we know where it came from. We'll talk about it in a, in a minute. Uh, but just, that's not the yeah. only one. You know, uh, uh, other uh, new diseases, you have things like Ebola, like Lyme disease, COVID-19, West Nile, and the list goes on and on and on and on of new diseases that didn't exist before. Some of these diseases are scary too, like Ebola, which has a pretty high kill, kill rate. That's uh, right, and some well, of these some yeah. of these d- diseases are airborne. Some aren't. Is that is that correct? That's correct. Some you're gonna get uh, you know infected by if you touch the the, the surface or something. Yeah. Some are airborne. And, and coming back to what you were mentioning just a, a minute ago uh, with this monkeypox, a New England Journal of Medicine came out with a fantastic article. This is one of the top journals in the world uh, showing that 97% of those infections of monkeypox were sexually transmitted. Yeah, wow. yeah. So yeah. it was very good, to the point that you were making a minute ago. Oh, look, so, it, it's a sobering point, but it's true. And it's not the only infectious disease that that's right. sexual promiscuity will give you. Uh, that's and right. yet sexual fidelity... To a husband or a wife, or 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 I call sexual restraint, um, even before you're married, it's not popular in our world, and it's something that most people are at some stage or another in their lives tempted by, and so it's it's something that as human beings, Jesus can help us with. But rather than go too far into that today, I, I just want to stay on 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 song here. Where do these diseases come from? Because I think that's a big question, and I'm talking about the emerging diseases. Where have yeah. they come from? Because they just seem well, to pop out of nowhere. We have a, a tool by the name of medical anthropology. And what medical anthropology help us with, it helps us to find the root causes of diseases. Let's just go quickly to some uh, common diseases that have uh, hit human populations, where they, came, they have come from. Uh, things like smallpox, if you remember, you know, this used yeah. to be something big. This one came from camels. Close contact of wow. humans with camels caused the camel pox to mutate and jump into humans, and then humans spread it among themselves. Whooping cough or pertussis. You don't hear this very much today because today, thanks to the vaccination of whooping cough, you know, this thing is under control, at least in Australia. Sadly, in other places in the world, it's not. This one came from pigs. So pigs, close contact with pigs, made this thing to jump. It's interesting that Leviticus talks about the pigs. You know, Leviticus said yeah. 11.7. It says that the pig is going to be an unclean animal to you. You must not eat their meat. You must not touch their carcasses, says the scripture, for they are unclean. In fact, interesting fact, when Christopher Columbus came for the second time to America, he brought for the first time pigs to the continent of America and it caused a tremendous pandemic there with a lot of people dying secondary to the, to the pig flu that he caused by bringing pigs to America. And you shouldn't even yeah. touch, there's an argument even 
It sounds a bit extreme, I suppose, but there's an argument with the pigs not even to touch them while they're alive. That's right. I mean, pigs lack the ability to cool down themselves, and that's why they like to go where it is wet, and a place that is wet is places that have mud and so forth. That's why you will see the pig, you know, enjoying yeah. being there because it's unable to cool down. And it's a shame in a way because they are a highly intelligent animal. And, and, and they can, are and can quite have, similar to the humans. They are. They can actually um, have great relationships with human beings, like dogs. And well, they're better. Yeah. Than, they're better than cats. Um, COVID nineteen. Did that come from animals? That's a very good question, and unfortunately, we don't have the final answer. Okay. It's a possibility that it may have come from there, but unfortunately. Um, Chinese people, I'm talking about in China, you know, the government of China, uh, their lack of transparency had made this process very difficult. If it would be, it would be the border and allow us to go and check things, we'd have known things much, you know, earlier. Well, that'd be the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, more than the people, wouldn't it? They, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about you know the government there. They don't. They don't want to make themselves look bad, uh, but you know things like this happen, and you got to deal with it. You know? Yeah, probably one of the poorer performing governments on the earth at the moment, and it is unfortunate. Um, so, what do you think the answer is? Yeah, I'm tending to incline that did come from animals. You know, they happen to have a research uh, center there for viruses in town and it could be just a coincidence you know yeah but yeah. that's the reality of the situation and let me come back to ebola that you were asking about ebola yeah see this emerging infectious diseases started to come back again around the years 1950s 1960s this is this you're talking ebola which is this very scary very scary. Absolutely. It's a wow. nasty disease. Where did that came from? See, this is where it came from. We know it very well. There's published science about this, no question about it. When um, uh, the business people realized that Africa had very nice uh, wood in their virgin forest, they went and sent crews to harvest that wood and imagine you're one of those workers, you know, what are you going to eat? You know, you're in the middle of that forest, and there's no stores to buy food, there's no plantations to go and harvest some corn or something. What are you going to eat? Animals. These people started eating monkeys. Yeah, okay. There have been documented 26 different types of monkeys. It's what they call bush meat there in Africa. And it is very well documented that Ebola came from either uncooked meat or uh, a fight. You know, the, the yeah. monkey was bleeding, the human was bleeding, and in that way it jumped into the humans. And the same story, by the way, by AIDS. That's where AIDS came from. Yeah. AIDS is originally a virus that is in monkeys, and okay. that's the way it jumped into humans. So, what's the answer to these viruses and avoiding them? 
um, because we're out of time. I wish we had more time with this. Yeah, Hunty. But it's very what, interesting. What, what is the answer to to our listeners listening? What's your advice? What stay fit, eat right. That's right. That's 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 the key. You know, you need to deal with this physically. Take care of your physical health. Emotionally, when our emotions are not well, our immunity falls down. We need to take care of our thinking. You can go to my. Um, a website, my YouTube page, it's called DR, as in Dr. Eddie Ramirez. Eddie yep. as in E-D-D-I-E and Ramirez, R-A-M-I-R-E-Z. At DR, Eddie Ramirez.com. And there, I have a video there that is called Heal Your Mind, Heal Your Life by Healing Your Mind. And I yeah. talk about there, you know, the distortions of the thinking and, and so forth. And also, spiritual you know, we live in a time of history that we cannot be fooling around. You know, you need to make peace with God. You know, yeah. uh, we are in a time that is very unpredictable time on Earth's history. So you better make your peace with God. God is willing to make the peace with you. You need to decide. As the illustration that I read recently, these parents that have five children, four of the children are doing well. They have their jobs, they have their partners, everything is going well. But one of them has issues with addiction. He cannot keep a job. His wife left him because he was abusing of her, and he is just a mess. Question, from those five people... Who are the parents constantly thinking about? Are they thinking about the four that are doing well? Or are they thinking about that person that is really having struggles? The one who's struggling, without a doubt. That is exactly what God is thinking about you. If you are struggling with issues, God is thinking about you and he's willing and able to give you the victory. So what I'm hearing then from you, because I wish, as I said, we're out of time, you're saying with these pandemics and viruses, it's interesting to know where they come from and uh, what they're doing to us. But if you stay fit, eat healthy, and have a relationship with God, you're in good. You increase the odds of going through these difficult times that's right. You know what? It's like when, when when the disciples were in the boat and there was a huge storm. Mm. The reason why they were able to handle that because they had Jesus in the boat. And as yeah. I tell people, invite Jesus on your boat. It's too dangerous to be sailing without Jesus. Yeah, look, I, the thing I like about what you're saying is even if worse comes to worse and you go to your rest, you die. If you've got Jesus, you're going to be okay. That's right. That's thank right. you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Doc. I, I think um, we need to try and get you on once a month. That'd be nice. That'd be yeah, really would nice. Would you be willing, well, even once, I know you're busy, but can we get you on more? Get, get, yeah, you, yeah. get you on, what I'd say, irregularly regular. <laughs> you know, As long as it's not the middle of the night in America. But <laughs> well, Hunty's got a way of doing that too. Yeah, so. we can. But we thank you so that. much. Just before you go, it's 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 uh, the address where you're running your seminars, where you're talking about things like this. It's yes. number what was it? Kissing Point Road number? 40 Kissing Point Road in, and the, the town here is... 
uh, Oatlands. 40 Oatlands. Kissing Point Road, Oatlands. Which is really Dundas, Dundas. But, but yeah, Oatlands if you put it in the GPS. Yeah, 40 yeah. Kissing Point Road starts yeah. at tonight, what time? At 7 p.m. So if you want to meet, you want to meet this man live. Yep. Because this, this radio program just, we're live. In case you're listening to yep. a repeat, this is Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday 22nd of all. It's now 4.39. Yeah. <laughs> God bless so you, doctor. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday when the seminar will take place. So feel free to come there. Or if you want to come on Saturday by 11, we'll Saturday, we'll be 11 o'clock, same date. Very so, good. Same address on me. Very good. Okay, thank you. God yeah, thank bless you. Thank you, Dr. Ramirez. See ya. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. And yeah, uh, it's always a pleasure being here in Australia, one of my favorite countries in the world. Bye bye. See ya. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Good interview. Amazing. What Every a, time I listen to him, I, what think, a wise man. I want to change my life. Yeah. And then some stage or another, I've got to do it. Yes. This is my last. Oh, really? It is. It's your last Coke, is it? It's my last no sugar, no caffeine Coke. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. And I'm going to start having for breakfast. Yes. This is my new, I'm making a, what do you call a New Year's resolution? Leashing in August. I got my steel cut oats for breakfast and they fill me up. I love them. Yep. Then I, uh, for lunch, I'm thinking salad with legumes. And then for dinner, I'm thinking a vegetable soup. That sounds nice. Yeah, vegetable meals. soup's good. Those three meals a day, and I should lose weight, be fit, and I, and I'm starting riding my bike again. Oh, very good. Yeah, uh, the cold months are over now. Get back on your bike. Well, we're going down to Warburton to start a program on the 18th. the chaos and the stress of modern life. Yeah, uh, actually, while we're kind of off on the song, Hunty's yes. going to look up the details. I on will. That. Yeah. What's our next song? Beautiful um, song. Our next song is Cornerstone, Cornerstone by yes. Taya. It's a good song.
song at church last Saturday. I liked it too. Oh, well, they've taken the offering up. We sang Cornerstone. You can actually see that if you go onto the Aussie Pastor Facebook page. That's right. Our, or the Aussie Pastor YouTube channel. I enjoyed preaching what I was last week. Good sermon. I was taught... Days of Noah. Ah, oh, you can remember. I was about to... <laughs> <laughs> what was it about? It was about a huge big flood and all the animals no, going into the ark. No. <laughs> See, because he doesn't listen. He can't listen, oh, I did. But I, I did I, listen. Uh, I'm just okay. staring at Fair enough. Let, uh, me, let me turn our next guest on, let me see. Well, it's time for the Aussie Pastor. It is. And you're going, but, to, you're going to bring someone in. Well, I'm thinking, because two heads are often better than one, Simon, can you hear us? I can. Mate, will you join us for us, the Aussie Pastor? Sure, I can do that. So if Lloyd can't get it right, we can refer to you. <laughs> oh, no worries. I'll be the Aussie pastor B. <laughs> you can Very be the good. Aussie youth pastor. For those of you who don't know who Simon is, he is a regular on our program. He is. He is our youth leader for 90-odd churches here in Sydney. Well, you're our youth leader for at least another week. Yeah, that's right, mate. This coming well, not even. Half a week. Yeah, this coming Saturday. No, Sunday. No, start Saturday. What happens in our church is once every, how often five. is it? Four years. Four. Four years. Okay. Four. I was going to say three. Yep. You said five. five. Of course it's four. Um, <laughs> we send delegates from each of the churches into meetings and we vote our leaders for the next four years. And Pastor Simon is one of those leaders. Yes. You're going to be all right, mate? Do you, you need our... Support you need their votes. Or... <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, we haven't really given it much thought at all because um, the Lord leads our lives. So whatever happens, happens. There you go. I was a youth leader in New Zealand. I don't mind saying this. You received plenty of votes. And I uh, I went to get out. I went. Yeah, I went to a session. <laughs> I was a youth leader. I was probably the shortest. Uh, living youth leader in the history of New Zealand, mate. I was a youth leader for eight months and I got uh, voted to go somewhere else. That's right. So I ended up in Sydney and I've been here for 22 years. Was that because of your taste in music? Oh, look, it's a long story. A long story. I'm not going to share yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, I like, well, I'll tell you what it was. It was, it was God's leading. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah, true. And I think you're right, si- Pastor Simon. God leads. But you, you look after the youth of 90 churches. You've got a big youth program coming up soon, haven't you? A big youth camp. We, we do. We've got a big youth camp coming up um, down in the south of Sydney at Cataract Scout Park. So anyone listening in there that wants to send their young person along, um, Go Reach online, out. go online to where? You can go to sydneyadventistyouth.com. That's a good website. And, and any young people are welcome? Correct. Any young people are welcome. The age group is 16 to 30. Um, You're our so, auntie. Oh. <laughs> you'd be a great grandfather to most of those kids, <laughs> not a grandfather. Hey, how, how are you going, Dad? Oh, I love the dad stuff. The dad stuff's the best. It is the best. Tell oh, us about that nice. real quick. Yeah, well, I mean, my favourite part is just just hanging out with little Vienna, just yeah. nursing her. And how old is she? Three, she's three months in a bit. Oh, um, nice! Number, this is number one, isn't it? 
Sorry? This is number one, isn't it? Number one. That's correct. How's your sleep? Um, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm probably asking the wrong bloke. It should be three months is when you just first get your first four or five hours of peace. How's your wife's sleep might be a better question. Yeah. (laughs) But even that's not too bad. The baby's actually, according to the professional, she's a good sleeper, so we're having a win. Nice. When um, we had our kids, we read a book called Baby Wise, and it showed us how to put these little ones into a routine from the beginning. And when we did that, and it was pretty fast... You know, people, even from babies, are we are beings of routine. We work well under routine. I back, I back that so much. Well, that's all right. With my kids, I said, if they're tired, let them sleep. If they want to be awake and play, let them play. If they want to eat, let them eat. I just, I let them have fun. The undisciplined one. That's it. <laughs> Let's get into Ask the Aussie Pastor. Before we start, can I give a plug? It's not too late. I've got my computer browser open on our SMS have page. I do. I mean, we just got it. We just got a question in just a second ago. But if you want to send us a question, you can on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, or you can email us. And the email address is info at aussiepastor.com. We should have done that earlier, shouldn't we? We should. We've got plenty of questions come in last week. Remember, we didn't get yeah, to. Yeah, didn't get to. So let's <laughs> yeah. get into it. All right. First question from Wendy. This is a few days ago. Uh, I'm watching. Why did Jesus change the names of his disciples? Thank you, from Wendy. Um, well, I know the I know the basic answer to that. Um, he changed the name of his disciples to better represent the characters that he was going to give them as he came into their hearts and changed them. Okay. Did you want to add to that, Simon? Sounds like a pretty good answer to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. So, so it is. Yeah, just so it doesn't seem like we're flicking this question too fast. Jesus often, God often does that, where he changes the names of people who are following him into another name. So Jacob was changed, do you remember that, Simon, to? Correct, to Israel. Which means Jacob meant deceiver and Israel meant what, father of nations, I think. Uh, Something very close to that, yeah. Saul, name was changed by God to Saul, Saul the persecutor and the oppressor. His name was changed to Paul. Paul, yeah. Um, I think uh, I'm just trying to think of what disciples Jesus did change. He didn't change all their names, that's for sure. Okay. C- can you remember Simon? What disciples? I'm just trying to remember because these questions are without notice. Just so our listeners of know, I don't share the questions with uh, with Lloyd ever. Um, I'm just trying to. Well, hey, can we come back to yeah, that? Yeah, let's next? come back to But it. you know what? I'm going to put it on you, Hunty, to make sure we do come back to it next Happily. week. Happily. So, listeners, if we don't come back to it next week... Like a I'm, dog, like a dog with a juicy bone. I'm, I'm on it. it. I'm okay. <laughs> next question. If that reminds me about schooling you last week yep. on American baseball, you did ask a challenge. You challenged me of what happens when you get hit in the head with the ball, and I said they call it a beaner. Can't remember that conversation. No, surprised you can't remember that because yeah, no, you were wrong. Can't remember that at all. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure that even happened. <laughs> all right, moving on. How old is the earth and does it matter? Uh, I'm going to let um, Simon have a go at that Ooh. one. Great. I'll have a crack at it. No problems, Bob. <laughs> My guess would be somewhere around 7,000 years old. Um, very close to that. I mean, I'm no scientist, but my understanding of, of the Bible, if you trace a chronological or timeline, that, that's around about where you would land. Um, does it matter? Well, in terms of worldview and our understanding of God and who God is, I think it matters. 
because yeah. if we're actually going to believe that God is a creator, a designer, and he is able to do powerful and wonderful things in our life, um, then it's very important, I suppose, that we believe that he can create and that he did create us. But whereas if we kind of if we kind of believe that God is very distant, not interested in our lives, um, just allowed an explosion to happen and for us to kind of evolve over millions of years, it just paints a very different picture of who God is and what he's interested in. So I would say in terms of knowing who God is and what he can do in your life, definitely it matters and that's why the Bible paints that picture. What do you think, Pastor Lloyd? Yeah, I think you're right. I think I, I, I'm not real solid on how old it is, maybe six to 8,000 years old and that sort of category if you go by bible chronology which which is not necessarily entirely deadly accurate but i think it's accurate enough to get a sort of a, a wide guess at how old the, the earth is um and i think you're right i think it does matter and it matters not so much where we argue how old the earth is what matters is the idea that god created the earth that it never evolved i think that's what really matters here um God created, he created it in six days, I believe it, and I think there's mm. no reason to disbelieve that. Um, I believe in I believe in the Bible stories, actually. I believe in the flood. People think, oh, you're crazy believing in a flood. I mean, go to Grand Canyon hunting. Go to Wave Rock in Western Australia. Near there, there, everywhere you go, there's examples on this planet of a flood. Mm. It takes just as much th- faith to believe that nothing with no catalyst explodes into everything. It takes more. Of course. It takes more. You drive a crummy Jeep. <laughs> it didn't just appear on your driveway, mate. That's right. Someone made it. Yes. It was specifically put together, and you personally are a lot more complex than your Jeep. It didn't just happen. Said- I mean, it's a you've got to be careful because you've got to respect people's views, and I do. But it's a crazy, absurd theory, this one of evolution and and atheism that there's no god that yeah i've got lots of uh, friends who are evolutionists we happily disagree happily always happily well, i'm happy that they're wrong and i'm right all <laughs> 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 right moving on question two other than jesus who is your favorite character in the bible and why and what is your favorite book and text in the bible and why i'll let simon answer that one first too we'll have we'll definitely have different answers on that yeah, no problems. Favorite character aside from Jesus, I love probably. Oh, there's so many of them that I actually really <laughs> like. I'm going to give you four quick ones. I love Joseph. I like Daniel. Yep. I also like Paul. Yep. And I like Nehemiah. Now I like huh? Joseph and Daniel because those guys are just so faithful and and true the whole way through. Um, I like Nehemiah because he was an amazing leader and brought a great revival about. Um, through his faithfulness. I like Paul because he stuffed it right up in some ways. But at the same time, God completely flipped his life around and did amazing things with his life. And I think that's a it's just a, a mix of lessons and on the way that God works with people's lives. So they're my four guys. Okay. Well, well before we go on the second what one. What are your fours, Lloyd? I'm not going to give you four. I'll give you two. Two. I like Manasseh. Wow. I like Manasseh because, like you said, mate, he stuffed up bad. And he did some awful things. Mm. And God forgave him in that dungeon in Assyria, far, far away. He came back onto the throne of Israel, of Judah, and reigned longer than any other king. And to me, the reason I like Manasseh is I like Manasseh's story mm. is because when I look at Manasseh and I look at how bad he was and yep. how badly he messed it up, and then I look at my own life, I think, well, if God can forgive Manasseh, he can forgive me. 
Nice. Mm. And that's yeah. why I like the story of Manasseh and I like and I like the fact that God put him back up on the throne and that he reigned longer than any other king and that his blood flowed through the veins of Jesus Christ. I think that is just a beautiful story. So I like Manasseh and the other one I like is Paul without a doubt. Paul, Paul every time. Number one, Paul, mm-hmm. because he gave me the gospel. Right. And it's a gospel story that says Jesus will take a sinner like me and he will come into my heart and he will save me and he will change me. And is changing me, and that's why I like Paul. And the last part of this uh, question is favourite Bible text, book, and Bible text. Yes, book and Bible text. Simon, great. Well, favourite Bible text, um, Acts chapter four and verse twelve is definitely up there for me, where it says there is salvation found in no other name under heaven, love it, given among men. And love it doesn't it. actually say the name of Jesus in there, but we know who he's talking about, we and do. he's talking about Jesus and. I think it's just a it's a constant reminder to me that at the end of the day, the Bible is pointing forward to salvation that is found in Jesus and no other. So I like that one. So that's your favourite book and Bible text? I would say favourite Bible text. I would say my favourite book. Don't have one. Okay. That's cool. Mm. The whole Bible. Got, I like a lot of them. I like okay. a lot of them, so I don't really have a favourite. My favourite text, yes, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, I bet you knew that. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. There's my favourite Bible text and my favourite book. I'm like Simon, I have a whole heap of them, but I do have a few favourites. Up the top is Isaiah, Daniel, Revelation, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I like Galatians. Oh, it's going to go on. And I love Genesis, <laughs> which is creation. Your answer is like I, Simon's. <laughs> I love Psalms. You can go there when you're in trouble. I, I, lo- I, I love. I love all. I lo- look, there's very few books I don't like in the Bible. I like them all. Some I like a lot more than others. Isaiah. It's a messianic book about Jesus in the Old Testament, 800 years before he was born. So mm. I do like that. Okay. Next Moving one. on. How long did the Bible take to write? And where did the chapters and texts come from? Um, it took 1,600-odd years to write. Wow. I'm going from memory. There's that right, Simon? I think it's about... Yeah, I, I was going to say 1,500, so we must have been around about the same. <laughs> 30, <laughs> good. 39 people wrote it, all men, no women. Um, what was the other part of it? Uh, where did the chapters and texts come from? Oh, look, I think it, it was divided up into chapters and texts maybe four or five hundred years ago, by some French guy. Is that, um, again, we didn't get these questions straight out, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% on, on, who, on who did it. What I do know is when the originals came out, they were basically just letters or, or yeah. manuscripts, either in Hebrew, Greek, or one portion is actually Aramaic in the book of Daniel. And, um, and, um, and then somewhere along the line, someone just added... Chapters and texts, in some ways, I'm very grateful for it because it makes it easy to understand and follow. Oh, I reckon it's a divine thing that those chapters and texts were added because it makes it the Bible easy to get to. You know, that you can get anywhere in the Bible pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah, very uh, good. It's probably the thing they yeah. don't. The chapters and texts don't take away from no. the the integrity of the text. I mean, you look at the Dead Sea Scrolls, for example. However many hundred years or thousands of years they are old. Yet they match the the book of Isaiah very very well to a teacher's about. So you kind of know well it's still preserved, or the text is still preserved quite well, despite the chapters and texts. Uh, 
Back in 2019, Hunty and I went to where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. It's pretty awesome, man. It is. Up from the, system, up from the Dead Sea in the desert there. You can look up and yep. Hunty took pictures of the caves. The actual cave. And then we went to the museum and actually saw a Dead Sea Scroll. Oh, man. I want to... Have you been to Israel yet, Simon? I have. I've been to Israel. Did you like it? I loved it. I would actually love to go back. You know, I wish... To be honest, I wish I didn't go when I did go because I was in the middle of studying at Avondale. Yeah. And I thought it was so busy doing everything else that I sort of wish I would go now when I was a bit more switched on. But anyway. I, I hope before Jesus comes or I die that I get back to Israel. Yeah, that'd be nice. Next one. All right, this next question. Now, before I read you this next question, I actually went to the dictionary because I wasn't exactly certain of the meaning of the word, the main word in the question. So the question is, is Christianity misogynistic? So I went to see what the dictionary said misogynistic was. Oh, I don't need to go to the dictionary for Prejudiced that. against women, but I thought <laughs> it's got to be worse than that. So I dug a bit deeper, and it's hatred of and contempt for, and it's a form of sexism that keeps women at a lower social status than men. Um, it's actually It's actually a whole lot more to do with patriarchy and keeping women oppressed than just well, the simple prejudice not against women. necessarily a bad thing. True. We, we kind of belong to a patriarchal society where the man is the head of the house. The Bible, Jesus, the Bible says that, that men are the head of the home. It's our world that rebels against the idea of patriarchy. In fact... Um, oh, you can get into big trouble for this, but I think um, one of the problems of families today is that men have abrogated their role as head of the family. You know what my daughter said when she got married? She said, sure, all right, well, men can be the head of, of, the, of the household, but I'm the neck, and I'll turn that head wherever I like. Well, she, 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 was, your, she was your daughter, she, mate. She's so my daughter. She got your blood flowing through her. I'm uh, so is Christianity... Misogynistic. I'll have a crack at that, mate. And I'll say blunt, no, yeah, not a chance. Agreed. By their fruits you shall know them. Every major movement for women, women's suffrage, has come out of Christianity in the history yeah. of the world. Every single one. And uh, if you have a look at Jesus, who was the head of Christianity, no one treated women better, with more respect and gentler than... Jesus Christ. And mm, so, true. not a chance. You want to add to that, Simon? Yeah, I, I think that's a really important point for us to think about. You know, um, back in the Roman world, and I think a lot of people miss this because that is kind of our history, Western history. As you look at Rome, and in Rome, around the time of Jesus, women weren't treated with respect at all. In no. fact, if you were a, if you were a baby girl... Um, they might just as well chuck you out in the street and say, nah, no, good, try again, let's see if we can get a boy next time. That's a reality, a fact. Listen to any historian yeah. talk about that sort of thing. But then along comes this guy by the name of Jesus who who um, teaches his disciples and, and, you know, you see the Apostle Paul talking about how there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither male nor female. Yeah. And literally that in that time would have been a crazy statement because yeah. he's basically saying, well, actually, women are as important to God as um, as men are, and I think sometimes we might miss that Jesus really elevated the place of women in society, and he's also done a whole lot of other things. For example, you know, he's impacted the way that education happens in our society, the way that um, people are treated when they're sick, 
in, in our society and all that sort of stuff. In fact, a very good read on this is a book by the by a guy by the name of John Ortberg, and it's called Who Is This Man? And it's about all the impact that Jesus has had on um, Western society with his teaching. So is Christianity... Christianity misogynistic, I would say straight, definitely not. Mm. I'll tell you what um, is misogynistic. Miso- yeah, go, go, Simon. I think it can appear I think it can appear that way to people because a lot of people will go and um, pull the Bible out and start reading it, forgetting that that um, God is gracious in the sense that, you know, when when he dealt with ancient cultures, he worked within that culture. And so oftentimes we'll see we'll see stuff getting explained in the Bible, but God is really just meeting people where they're at in that culture. And so he 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 sort of met them where they were and so the Bible doesn't hide bad stories or, or all that sort of stuff. But if you really want to look at what Christianity is about, you look to Jesus and you see the way that he treated women. So that's my Yeah. I'll tell you what is misogynistic. What's that? Some people who claim the name of Jesus. Oh. Yeah. You know, once someone once said that the worst thing going for Jesus is yeah. people who claim him yep. who don't follow him. That's right. And so there are people through history that have claimed the name of Jesus who have treated women appallingly. Mm. But if you really want to go back and have a look at the reality of the founder of our movement, Jesus Christ, like Simon said, and like I've been saying, no one treats women better. Mm. And there's a reason, Simon, there's a reason why our churches in Australia and around the world are full of more women than men. They have, women have an attraction to this Jesus who is God. Yeah. And it's, I'm not talking about an attraction between a man and a woman. It's an, it's an attraction of a child to God. Yep. And when women saw Jesus, they were attracted to Jesus, the God, Um in an amazing way. And our churches, I don't know how you found it, Simon, in your ministry, but I'm 32 years. What are you, 10? Yep, 10. So 42 years between us. I don't know how you find it, but I find to this day women come to Jesus easier than men, especially in Australia. 100%. And I would actually say in terms of a lot of the ministries that, that we operate in the youth space, the women actually often take the lead. Yeah, nice. They, they they actually step up and and um and and and, and lead and so and there's plenty of yeah, room for that, isn't there? In the co- in the cause of Christ and the Church of God, there's plenty of room for that for women to express their love for Christ and service to Him in the church. Mm. Yeah, we well, I see it day in and day out, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think if you were, for example, to speak to my good friend Beryl Landers, women's ministry. Yeah. Leader for our conference, she yep. would tell you Christianity is not misogynistic. Jesus definitely is not. Oh, so she's a very powerful lady. Love her lots. All right, last question. We need to move on. Um, I almost didn't include this one because we've had it so many times, but it's a good one. Should Christians pay tithes and offerings? Ah, oh, look, our time's up. <laughs> um, and we have had a lot. My short answer to that is, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ that's rooted in the Scripture and the Bible and prayer, go to him and ask him. I did, yep. and what I found was the answer was yes, but I certainly wouldn't force that on you, Hunty. Of course. I wouldn't force it on you, Simon. It's an act, but, of, but, it's an act of love and me, service. Act. It's an act of worship for yeah. me. Yep. When mm. I give my offerings and my tithes, it's an act of worship, but I don't think it should be forced on anyone. I think it comes down to your own relationship with God, and if your relationship with God is hot, then he's going to tell you what he wants on that. That's it. For me, he said, yeah, return your tithes. I said, sure, no worries, and I've been blessed ever since. What do you think, Simon? 
Yeah, well, I, I would say pay is the wrong word, and I know I'm not I'm not picking on the person who asked yeah, the question. Yeah. You know, sometimes we kind of think like that's our money, and we're paying paying it back to God. But in reality, every blessing that we get in life comes through God. And I think for me personally, you know, I return tithes and offerings. God gives me so many blessings, and I, I love to return them. Yeah, and I've just found that God is just so faithful with stuff. You know, I'm doing a little bit of renovation on my house at the moment. Give you give you an idea, right? We're just putting in some new floors, and and, and this guy comes around the other day, and I showed him what we do, and he says, "Oh, I got a heap of that floor in at my house. I'll give it to you for free." <laughs> wow! So I had to literally just save like four thousand dollars, like yeah. like that. Um, does, and then he also says, "Oh, by the way, I got an aircon too. I'll give it to you for like two hundred bucks. They're fifteen hundred dollars." So, oh, yes. you know, and I'm not saying that you know God is like I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel here by any means because I don't believe in that. But I, I, I just see God blessing me in my life so many times when some when I'm I could say like oh, I don't want to give a couple hundred bucks back to God, but God gives me so many things. So that's my. <laughs> If, if there's a prosperity gospel, we're in trouble, Humpy. <laughs> yeah, we've had our we've had our studio burned down. We've had our studio flooded. A control we're, room we're burned down, and got all, gear stolen got all and my gear stolen <laughs> last week. All my I, not only did we go for a flood, then I went and got all my tools stolen. There'd be what five or ten grand worth yeah, of tools at least. Uh, after the flood, someone came through and stole all our tools. Mm. Um, so the prosperity gospel's not working for Hunty and me, so. No. <laughs> but, no, but I'll say this, this might sound weird, but I bought a lawnmower yesterday, an electric lawnmower. Beautiful, man. And it's powerful. I'm telling you, it's as good as the other one I've got. Yep. Um, my cousin's mowing and hadn't, we hadn't done up the side properly. One of them fell off. You know those, those things that you tighten yeah, yeah. up the. Plastic lock nuts. Yeah. Fell off and got crunched. So. Oh dear. <laughs> So I went into the guy today to pay for a new one, and he gave me one for free. So nice. is that prosperity gospel, Simon, or is that a bit of a? I got a. I reckon how much are those lock nuts? Three dollars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, all right. That, ha- hang that, in there, Simon. You don't go we're anywhere. Come back in a yep. second. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Let's have this song. We're almost out of time, and then we'll come back and talk to Simon for a few okay. more minutes. And and then that's before it. you say, let's have this song. Let me without him, without him, without, without him, him from the Redeemed Quartet. Uh, got it? Yeah, I know you got it. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him. I'd surely fail Without him I would be drifting Like a ship without a sail Jesus, oh
love those blokes. Yes. Love having them on. Hey, you know what? Are you allowed to use that word blokes on radio? It's, well, just for a little bit longer, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you there, Simon? Here, mate. I'm ready. Hey, we're out of time. We've got three and a half. What have we got left, Hunty? How do we do that? Six minutes. Oh, six minutes. What's the song? Let, let's get into it a little bit. Are you available next week or are you off doing something? I probably am. I probably am. Let's follow, let, let's, let's follow right. this up next, I'll chase next you week. I'll let's, let's start it. Let's start it. Because I wanted to talk to to um, Simon about our young people because that's, that's what you do. And I wanted to talk about youth depression because I think it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. The reason I think it's a big deal is because I see youth doing stuff to themselves all the time, which is not good. And in fact, right before we start, Hunty. Yes. If you're not feeling good and you need some help, where would you... Well, I was going to suggest we give Lifeline a plug. Right from the start. Right from the very start, yeah. Yeah. And you'll look up that... 13, 11, 14. I knew you knew that off by heart. I've looked it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I did, I did know it. Yeah, yeah. If, if as you listen to... So this if this triggers you, if this triggers you, get help. 13, 11, 14. This subject will cause you to think. So, warning, if you're triggered, please go to Lifeline. Okay, Simon, um, youth depression. Tell us a bit about it. What percentage of our kids face the black dog? They face depression. Yeah. Well, they reckon 5% of kids um, between 12 to 17 um, can experience depression. So that's, you know, your teenage years, 5% of them, they're saying, will experience depression. Do you reckon those so figures that, are That represents a lot of kids. That do, do you reckon they're accurate, those figures? Because I, I actually probably think they are, but I'm just wondering what you think. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard to say. I, I guess when I, when I meet people, I do come across quite a few young people that, have, that experience depression. I was, about so to, I was about to say that. Do you come across a lot of kids in your work that are depressed? And is it about 5%? Yeah, I would say it's probably about that. You know, it's it's not like every single kid you come across, but um, is it is it, like, is it getting worse at all well, in the last five years? Is it getting worse or is it staying around the same? Come again, sorry. I was just wondering, is it getting worse or or, or is it around the same as it's always been? Well, it depends what studies and research you look at. But the, the research, um, for example, some research out of the US around young people and social media showed that when social media was introduced, depression, self-harm, suicide rates, all that sort of stuff skyrocketed. Right. So um, I just, I think in terms of that sort of thing that we deal with, like as a kid these days, let's say, for example, you get bullied at school, you can go home and still get bullied because someone's got access to you online and that sort of thing. Yeah. So we live in really difficult spaces with all that sort of stuff. Um, how can you tell as a youth pastor, that someone you're working with is depressed. Because I think, what well, the reason I say that is parents sometimes, you know, Hunty, they don't even know themselves. Mm. That yep. and, and you read about it all the time. Well, we lost the football coach last week, the week before. Well, he wasn't youth, but yeah, we did. And no one knew. Yeah. He was partying with his friends the day before. But a lot of young people, the parents themselves and even their siblings don't know they're depressed. Is it always, can you always tell? Is it something that parents should be looking out for? I think it's definitely something to keep your eye out for as a parent. Um, um, can you always tell? Probably not. Um, but in saying that, you know, when you see a young person, for example, at our camps, we run our camps, we're always looking out to see if a young person is withdrawn, if um, they sort of seem like they might lack a bit of energy and lack a bit of 
excitement to be involved and, and that sort of thing. And I think those sorts of really basic things in life where you just know that that person would normally be, you know, quite a bit more vibrant yeah. and perhaps they're not, they're really easy things to pick up on or, or yeah, basic things to do, pick up do, on. Do you see some kids that you've gotten to know and were in a good place and then slide into depression? Is It probably seems like a silly question, but do you actually see that in your ministry where you see a change in a kid over a little bit of time? Yeah, I've seen it, yep. Hundred percent. I've I've noticed more probably in some of the older ones, where you know them when they're a bit younger. Perhaps you saw how excited and that sort of thing they were about life or whatever it is that they were doing, and then maybe a couple of years later, for whatever reason, um, you notice that that's that's gone. And um, yeah, so I've definitely seen that before. We're fast running out of time. I'm sorry about this, but what? How do you tell that a kid is? Facing depression, is it just that they go all quiet and withdrawn or, or do different people, young people display different sets of emotions with depression? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in it at all. You know, there's there's definitely people out there that, lo- that know a lot more about it than I do. But, yeah, for me to tell, I just look out for the basic signs. You know, um, is this young person engaging in in life the way that they normally would? Are they excited about the day? Are they sleeping in? Are they kind of withdrawing towards themselves? When I say sleeping in, what teenager doesn't sleep in? But, you know... <laughs> yeah, two, are they, two in the um, afternoon or three in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I, just, I just think those basic... You just kind of observe people, how they how they operate and ask yourself, well, is something off here? Yeah. And I think probably for parents, if you're around your kids all the time you know, you, you're going to probably be the one to pick it up. Okay. Well, I think we're going to haul it up there, and I wish we didn't have to, Hunty. Mm. Um, but I, I think the little lesson here out of this short time with you, Simon, on this particular discussion is watch out for your kids. Look out for changes in behaviour. Yep. Um, they become more withdrawn or they're sleeping in excessively, I've got to say that. And next week, I hope we can get you back because we're going to talk more about this and what you can do about it, and I think that's important. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us today, Simon. It's been a long haul for you, mate, but we've really appreciated it. No worries, guys. God willing, we'll see you next week or the week after. We'll see you shortly. How's that? You will see me shortly. Shortly. Thanks, mate. God bless you. See ya. Okay, no worries. Take care. listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I wish we could have gone on. I know, right? I wish we had a three-hour show. (laughs) <laughs> Once we get into it, I really enjoy it, and I enjoy, I've enjoyed the discussions today. Been good interviews. I think in the end, you know, with everything we face and with everything we suffer and everything we go through, whether young or old, there is one consistent that remains pretty much always the way out. Yes. And it's Jesus. Yes. With Jesus, no matter what you're going through, and this is not a cliche, you will get through it. How do I know? Because I've been there. And so I want to make sure, invite you to come back next week as we continue this discussion, important discussion, Hunty. Mm, and this last song really encapsulates what we've been trying to say. Jesus is still the answer. This is from the Collingsworth family, beautiful group of singers in Sydney. Uh, in Sydney. <laughs> I'm in Sydney, in the United States of America.
His love you cannot feel But I know He's real within my soul For one day He cleansed and made me whole And Jesus is still the answer For that longing deep in your soul
your life's in turmoil and things aren't going well and you're down and you're out, as I said before, it's not a cliche. Jesus truly is the answer. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for being with us today in a fabulous program. We listened to some great advice from both these men of yours. And I just pray now, Lord, that you'll be with our listeners, be with their hearts, be with their lives, fill them full of joy. And may they never forget, and may they always experience that you are the answer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My name's Lloyd Grollam, and I'm the Aussie pastor. And my name's Hunty, I'm the man in black. Uh, and we love you. <laughs> the man in black. I always wear black. <laughs> that looks blue to me. It's black. Okay, we love you. We love you. But God but loves Jesus you so, so much more. Much, so much. How much more? Heaps more. Heaps more. See you See next, you next time. time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.